0: Welcome to the Success Journey Show. Let's travel together through the lives of individuals on their road to success. Hey, what's going on, travelers? Uh, We are back in this segment here, our favorite segment where we bring a guest on on to our show just to talk about his life, his journey, um, his success journey. And we are Welcome. We're welcoming. And we are honored to have Wesley Belden. Wesley, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Marlon, Ricky, it's great to be here.
0: Yes, sir. It's an honor to have you here, man. Why don't you start off by uh, sharing with our listeners and travelers from all over the world uh, just a little bit about yourself?
1: Uh, sure. So yeah, I love that that idea of, of traveling, right? Traveling through this world, traveling through this space, traveling through your own personal journey of growth and development. Uh, I think it's a really, really cool thing to to kind of evoke that idea of moving. Um, now, having said that, I've moved to a lot of places in my life. Uh, I kind of had a, a non traditional uh, childhood. I lived with a lot of different people, kind of moving through um, you know through my childhood. Never really kind of settled in a place. I lived in 18 cities in 10 states. Uh, hmm. went, went out on my own when I was 16. Um, these sort of things they teach you, uh, I guess like a resilience, right? An, an ability to kind of adapt to new circumstances, to make new friends, to figure out what's different about this place and how you can fit into it. Um, it also gives you an incredible frame of reference for how things shift, you know, through through you know a geography, through a location, through, you know, like, a, I mean, living living in, you know, I lived in Vermont for for a year and I lived in South Carolina for a couple of years. And you see like these differences right (laughs) after each other. And it was, you know, it was just shocking to see that. And then, you know, to see how like the world, you know, has changed. Um, When I moved out when I was 16, you know, it was kind of a a handshake deal for rent on the first floor of a house, you know,
2: (laughs) I was paying, I
1: was paying cash every week and it was just like that sort of thing wouldn't really fly today. Uh, And and it was just, you know. being able to kind of move out in that way or do that sort of thing. Uh, I think you were allowed to be maybe an adult sooner uh, back then than you are now, and I took mm. full advantage of that. Yeah. Uh, I've always been really interested in what's next? Yeah. Uh, what's what's the next process or thing? Um, I think when I started to find some stability in my life and started to really look around, uh, it kind of began what I look at as the the entrepreneur's journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like the the beginning part of that is you look at something and you say hey you know that's stupid uh, And then you get maybe a little bit more developed and you're like you know i think i would have done that differently and then you yeah, to get to the point where you're like i am going to do this differently and so that's kind of i think that journey that that lends me you know through that um, and, and that's kind of the underpinnings of of my early professional career uh, I went to school, I studied sociology and chemistry as a double major with a minor in anthropology. Uh, and mm. so what do you do with this? But get into finance. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I, I, you know, I went out there and I did what I could to try and find a way in to, to get in there. And, you know, I found somebody willing to take a, a, a risk on somebody like me. Uh, and that made a big difference, you know, and, and that was, you know, a big, a big shift or pivotal moment in my life. Kind of having you know that mentorship or at least that chance to try something new um Mm -hmm. and that's when i really you know found my love of of finance and love of kind of how you know these economic system economic systems work and kind of govern the world that we live in and being able to understand and speak that language and then use it to to affect change or to make a difference in things uh I, i never really noticed it when i was younger but it was yeah. always there, like when I was helping other people or doing something productive for other people, it always made me feel, you know, a certain way. It always made me feel, you know, fulfilled in a sense. And I don't necessarily know that I, I recognized it at that time because I was so struggling, <laughs> I was just kind of focused on survival. But now, you know, it, it's what it's what defines my journey. It's what defines my, my you know, it, it's, it's what gets me up in the morning. It's what keeps me up at night.
2: Yes, yeah. sir. I I know, uh, man, there's so many places I want to go with your, 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 your bio is so extensive that we could start right where you are right now. And we could go for the 45 minutes. Um, but definitely when people, people would be like, why didn't you guys ask him, why did he move out at 16 and what led him to moving out at 16? So, um, let's start there or the moving around or, why were you moving around so much if you don't mind talking about that and then what led you to moving um, to moving out on your own at 16
1: sure uh, yeah so my, my parents got divorced uh, when I was young uh, and it was kind of a series of, of not super stable home environments um, ultimately it was just you know the whole thing where I live with like with great great aunt and uncles cousins uh, different parents different places there was step you know, mothers and fathers involved. It was just kind of a, kind of a mess, uh, you know, at at the end of the day, you kind of really can't argue with the results. I think it was a a good lesson to learn. I think it tempered me Mm. in so many ways. Uh, ultimately, um, what kind of catalyzed me to move out was it just, it was no longer a, a safe or beneficial place to be. Uh, Mm. and it just kind of felt like, you know, I'm old enough now where I could probably do this um
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know i i think it's a good choice to do this now if, if this doesn't work out then it's unlikely to be worse than the situation i'm leaving uh so it was kind of a uh yeah it was kind of a no-brainer um and then there was also probably a component where it wasn't really my choice you know? <laughs> so- yeah yeah
2: yeah 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 mm, yeah so I, don't mind me calling you west people call you west or they always say west sure yeah absolutely Okay, good. I always ask permission, man, because I start calling you Wes and you're like, I hate that name. My my <laughs> sister <calling> me that. <laughs> <I> she <wish laughs> used to give me the nugie over my head or something. <laughs> so um now you said something that to me that I really wanna the st- the backstory is good. Great. Well, the backstory it is what it is. However, you said something that I really that that really resonates with me. You don't say, well, because of all the moving around or the, the going to the great aunts, the stepmother, the 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 tumultuous uh, uh, um time. You don't. You say, well, the reason why I'm not. That was the worst time of my life, and I had to. That didn't help me to propel. You said that was you could. You can't argue with the results. That you attribute that to the results. So mm-hmm. what? Wh- what? What? What gives you that mind frame, or that when everybody else is playing the victim and saying that that is what was holding me back, you're saying no, that's actually what helped me to be where I am today. Yeah,
1: I think it's kind of that that shift from looking at it when you know you're younger and it's it's being done to you, like you are the victim, but you know when you are an adult and you you claim agency at that point, it's kind of well this is these are the inputs what do i want to do with these inputs yeah uh, and so like looking at it like what what have you learned right i mean i don't know i think i got to, i got a chance to be closer with my great aunt and uncle i think more than than most kids you know my age would have and i mean that, that's an experience that stretches way back you know i mean like we're yeah. talking like like my great uncle worked on like the lunar landing module for grumman it was like oh wow what an amazing thing to like be able to to talk to this person, and you know, I, I think it was had I not been living with them, I'd probably just been like, oh, you know, these old people. Uh, but like, it was kind of a, a cool opportunity to see that. I think it lends that perspective of, of giving you, I mean, in that case, I think it gave me like a a frame of reference for time that was maybe a little, a little bit longer um, than most kids' least, I think I was in the. I must have been in the fifth grade at that point. So I don't you know however old you are at that point. Um, but like it kind of give you gives you a sense of that. And you know, like if you think about finance and investing and you know, all these different things, like you have to look at those longer time horizons. You have to start thinking about, you know, stuff from you know, the beginning of your career to the end of your career, you know, if you have children and legacy, thinking about it in time frames that ex- extend beyond your life. Yeah, um, so I think that was, you know, in, in that case, like that's something that I learned from that, you know, and then you know, the, I think every obstacle probably has something you can learn from it. Um, yeah. But you know, it's easier to, to it's easier to pick that and look at it in a positive light when you're through it and you're on the other side and you now can you know make these choices for yourself the, and frame it the way yeah. you want.
0: Yeah, I like you, you. You brought that up, and another aspect of your story, just to go back and highlight, is. You made a major decision, even though you were on your own, you made a major decision to say, hey, let me go get my complete finish my high school education. Right. And and then go on and get go to go to college. Right. or well, whatever pathway it was, I, I don't I don't know. But, you know, you decide to go. <laughs> It was, it, was, it was touch
1: and go for a little bit there. I, think yeah, I, I, graduated, yeah. I graduated high school by the skin of my teeth, uh, <laughs> but there were there were some attendance issues. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I squeaked out, man. It was <laughs> close.
2: I can only imagine sixteen living on your own, waking up. You stayed up late the night before, or you had to probably be, be working because you're paying for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. All, all those things, right? The unspoken things, like you know you. And, and that story, in order for you to get where you had to go, like so, you're in college now. You decide to go to college. You're on your own. You do not have like no one's telling you to go to college. You had you enrolled in college, right? I'm assuming that you were financing and producing for yourself to get through college, right? And then you get through on the other side, and you're like, you like, know, yeah, you did. Um, what was this? Uh, soci- had- psychology, was it psychology, sociology, 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 sociology. <laughs> it was one of them. <laughs> sociology <laughs> and <laughs> you like, <laughs> yeah one of the ologies. and then you're like then you come and say oh man you found the opportunity to get into finance so talk about just before we talk about the entrepreneur aspect of it let's talk about just that period of life where you went and majored in this area focused in this area graduated felt that sense of accomplishment but then it was like okay what's next i need someone yeah. to take a chance on me talk about that part
1: so it's like, it's like I guess jumping from, from college, there's kind of a, or kind of a couple of uh, a jumps here, fortuitous shakes, if you will. Um, so I graduated in high school by the skin of my teeth. Um, I was kind of doing that for a little bit. I did not go to college right after high school. Um, kind of in that time frame, I reconnected with uh, my father, who I hadn't seen in years. Um, you know, it, it was kind of like, <laughs> as tough of a situation as it was for me. I think it was tough for him as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we reconnected. Uh, and, you know, he he was pretty pro-college, uh, and so mm. he kind of they really focused me towards that direction, uh, put together a plan, and helped me, you know, get jump-started in that. Um, he's a horse veterinarian, so I worked with him mm. uh, as well. Wow. Uh, and so that was kind of a way that I made money uh, on the weekends when I was in college to pay for it. I went to University of Florida for undergrad.
0: Okay, okay. Nice.
1: Well, I was a uh, Go Gators. Well, yeah. I was a, uh, a Florida resident, so I think my most expensive semester was like 1800 bucks, uh, yeah. And that's because I had like three labs that semester. It's so like usually it was pretty inexpensive, so I was able to work my way through it. Um, you know, my dad was there to kind of lean on as well. Um, but yeah, it was a really, you know, really kind of interesting place in time where you started to feel like, hey, you know, there actually are other people I can kind of lean on or maybe count mm-hmm. on in some sense. Um, and that's right about the time that I started to make my first like real friends, uh, people that I would stay connected with forever. Um, yeah. But, you know, in many ways, I was developmentally stunted. You know, it was like you hadn't really had like that childhood. So you're still trying to figure out a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think like I, I was on like a pre-med track because that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, <laughs> and I kind of just realized it. it really wasn't for me. Like, you know, yeah. I looked at it. It didn't it didn't. I mean, I thought it was so interesting, but it just didn't really like spark in me, like, you know, the, the way of saying I want to do this for the rest of my life, yeah, you know, yeah. like leaving the library, you know, every night at close, I'm looking around and I'm like, if I don't go to medical school, one of these people is going to take my place. And like, is that going to be the worst thing in the world? I mean, like, am I, am I going am am I to be less good or better at following like, you know, a recipe to, or a protocol or procedure to, to perform this thing? Like, I don't know. It just didn't really like sit with me in that sense. I wanted to figure something out that you could have maybe more locus of control and then maybe a far reaching, you mm-hmm. know, perspective. So I took some time and I really thought about it. And that's kind of when I started to like, really, I forget why. I think it was something through school, but I had like subscribed to the wall street journal. Uh, and so I think like, oh, the New wow. York times, the wall street journal was like delivered to my house every day. Uh, and so I was like reading it and I'm like watching this stuff, how it like works through and like, you know, the times is great. Uh, but like the Wall Street Journal specifically at that point, you were seeing like all of this reporting that was kind of like forward indicating. And like because this is meant to be like a financial paper, they're allowed to take like these degrees of freedom, which I thought was really interesting. And in like thinking about this in the sense that it's trying to predict the future, you know, or at least, you know, an aspect of it to then understand and, and share a, or I guess, a vision of what the future is. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's wild. I or really like
1: fell in love with it. I kind of wanted yeah, to, yeah. to figure out how I could do more of it
0: oh man i love it i love it man i i, I want to pause right there to all of our travelers because i'm hoping you're you're getting a sense um uh, from west here because that that appetite for wanting to find something that fit you right you you saw early when you were assessing like man you know yeah you could have kept going to the library you could kept staying you could have kept studying you could have forced it i, I believe you could have forced yourself through it right uh, but really taking that time to pause and say hey is this me right but then taking the initiative to try to search for things or look what makes you excited like try, connect with that thing that makes you excited you reading these these news these papers Wall Street Journal uh, um, New, York. Oh, New York Times right um uh, and from there you're like, oh man I, I love this right and these are papers that you could have you could have gotten. Years ago, right? You could have been reading these things. For, for well, years. There,
1: yeah. there was an artifact when you were at school. Like there was like a student discount. I, mean, I think it was like it was like thirty <laughs> cents a day for the papers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, like wow. Like, not? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So man, so you get on. You start saying, "All right, you know what? I really want to go in, into this. I love the finance, man. So finance, like, like break that down for people, like." into finance, to go become a bank teller, or like, you know, like, talk about that for us. That so aspect. I
1: had absolutely no idea how to go about doing this, right? Yeah. But, you know, I was like, all right, well, let's, let's pound the pavement, let's figure it out, let's talk to as many people as we know, like, in this space. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I talked to everyone that I could find that was in that space, people that were applying for jobs, you know, it's super cutthroat, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, okay, well... <laughs> I'm not really like what they're looking for based on, you know, on what I've gotten to school here. So I better find somebody that I know, like give me a a contact. And so, you know, I just kept asking around and, you know, finally found somebody that was willing to give me a shot at an internship. And, you know, I took a shot in the internship. I don't think there was a lot of expectations there. Um, But, you know, I was the first one there, the last one there. I asked a lot of questions. I made sure that, Everybody, whether I was working with them or not, you know, I knew them and they knew me and we had conversations I would take people out to lunch. All the things that, you know, you should be doing, but like sometimes kind of a pain. Uh, I did all these things and I really liked it and I was interested in it. Like uh, at this point, I was doing a summer internship. I think I was working uh, supporting compliance on uh, a few different collateralized loan obligation portfolios, like those things that blew up the economy. uh, Mm. That. (laughs) Mm. Uh, but it, it was, you know, it was so fascinating to me to figure out like how that fit into place. And then, you know, there's the other side of the the investment, you know, firm that was putting all the money to work in fixed income because it's less risky and more whatever. Yeah. It was owned by an insurance company. So they had to manage their risk and where their, their assets were. So that was a really interesting lesson to see the difference between liquidity and then the difference between risk and so on and so forth and how that plays into a larger picture. Um, yeah, that that was it. And, you know, that was this person deciding to mentor me and this person deciding to take a risk on me to, to give me a chance, you know, and then, you know, me showing up and not making them look like a fool, I guess it's kind <laughs> of.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so you went through the liquidity and you went through um, fixed income or fixed finding the the, the the insurance side had to find somewhere to grow the money, but make sure it was risk averse, right? So yeah. can you, C- can you go through that for people that don't understand? First of all, I don't know if you deal with life insurance, right? I, but I'm sure you do because you go through how to make somebody their generational wealth, which life insurance is a path. Can you break down how that life insurance helps somebody, and at the same time, what a, so they could see what the life insurance company is doing on the other side to ensure that they're backing up what they're, what what they're what they're supposed to be getting at the back end
1: there's a lot of different like components to it like but insurance you know as a as a function typically generates zero profits for an insurance company what what they wind up doing is they have access to you know your premiums and in then interim they can invest those premiums it's kind of like how a bank invests your deposits correct um, but because they are an insurance company they have to make sure that what they're investing in uh is going to be safe enough so secure enough and then have proper maturities to ensure that they never get into a situation in which they can't, um, satisfy their, their liabilities, right. They can't satisfy your claims. So if you know, your, your grandpa passes away, they need to make sure they have enough money for his life insurance policy. Or if you, you know, total your Honda civic, they have to make sure they have enough for that. Uh, Or on a larger scale if hurricane Katrina happens, they have to make sure that they're going to be able to liquidate, uh, enough systemically um, to be able to make good on those, those things. And that's really, you know, kind of how a lot of this stuff shifts is thinking about where you need to park money to then get as much yield as you can, uh, make the money as secure as possible. Uh, and then also making it liquid in case something like that happens. Uh, and so that was a really interesting education to see that, um, you know, that difference. Cause I mean, looking at these things, like we were ripping like 20% returns and I'm like, why isn't all the money here? <laughs>
2: like, well, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. yeah
1: in case something happens, you know, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it was really interesting. And shortly thereafter is when the, the, you know, the financial crisis, 2008 happened. Uh, and so like seeing that, like understanding how these systems work, these, these intertwined, I call them uh, tightly coupled, weekly, weekly structured, independent or interdependent systems. Like one thing, collapsed and then the next thing collapsed it was just so clear that it was a contagion through and through it's not too dissimilar to what we've seen recently with you know these regional banks and SVB yep. well.
2: yep, yep.
0: uh,
1: and again like getting back to the idea of ensuring that your 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 uh, investments have the proper maturity to match up with your liabilities and that's really you know kind of one of the core tenets of insurance investing but um, maybe would have been a nice thing for people at SVB to be focusing on a little
2: bit. (laughs) Yeah. Don't buy, don't buy stuff that, uh, 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 the inflation is going to affect you very much. But, um, so now being that you're, you're able to see what went through at 2008, right. Being on the financial side, how comfortable do you feel with what's going on right now that there won't be another crash? Or are you saying there's going to be another crash? I know there's crashes in some areas, but just like for me, and I'm, I don't want to lead the the answer for me. I know what, what, when 2008 happened, it was like the, for, for a less of a, a better analogy, how, how, um, house of falling cards of, uh, how do you say that? Uh, is that, I'm saying it right? House falling of cards. House of cards. <laughs> yep. One card. Built
1: on some shaky sand. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs>
2: it wasn't really even that one vertical fell and then all of them just start falling. Compared to now, you know, um, commercial real estate is kind of taking more of a hit, but you'll see residential um, real estate going up. How do do you feel with what happened in 2008 versus now? And what are some of your predictions? Once again, before we do this, anybody that's going to make an investment or any move based off of listening to, to our podcast, we are not. Uh, telling you where to go, place your money, how to feel, how to feel about the economy. We are just here pontificating based yeah. off of our um, analysis.
1: I, I think Mark Twain said it best. He said, uh, "Predictions are really hard, especially about the future."
2: Correct, <laughs> uh,
1: and, and that's that's very true. Uh, I think I approach these sort of economic cycles, um, you know. It's the idea of saying like if your goals have changed then you need to make a change but if your time horizons are the same and your goals are the same you know i, I mean i don't know like I, I i think we're going to have several uh to, like recessions between now and the end of my career you know I, I don't necessarily want to time them or get out or jump because you really can't um you know you look at like i mean last year was brutal in the markets you know and and then there was kind of like this resurgence if you had like taken your your ball and gone home you would have missed out on a lot of that resurgence you you really can't for me it's it's like the long bets the big bets the the ideas of momentum right like that's what i'm really interested in. It's looking at, like momentum do i believe that america is going to be here still running its economy in 20 or 30 years the answer is yes and if that's the case that's where i want to put my money um you know, it, 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 agnostic of ups and downs, you know, and now obviously, like if you're looking to put a down payment on a house in the next six months, you got to start thinking a little bit more about, you know, how much cash you want to have exposure to markets. You want to make sure that you have that money in access. But, you know, for me, I'm I'm thinking, I got to be honest, I'm, I'm thinking 125 years in the future. I want to think about, you know, my kids, I think about like their kids, like that's when it comes to finance, what I'm looking at or thinking towards is setting that up and having that move, you know, in parallel to what they're doing in their lives and like making this something that, you know, is additive, right? So it's something that that is working in the background of their lives to to support them in a better and stronger way and and hopefully doing that for their kids. And I don't know, I I think of these time horizons as being a lot longer. And I think that makes it easier to focus on the idea of of legacy. makes it easier to think, you know, focus (laughs) on the idea of, of, I don't know. It's just, it makes. I think it makes you make smarter decisions. Yeah. In return.
0: No, I, I'm glad you said that. You know, I've been in a lot of conversations tomorrow. We always talk about this of uh, not making decisions for just tomorrow, but making decisions for what's going to happen 20 years from now, 30. years
1: I from spent. Now. I spent a lot of the a lot of the early years of my life making decisions. You know, focus on this afternoon. You yeah. Know what yeah right? Absolutely. I, I don't want to have right. to think like that anymore. I don't want to yeah. have to. You know, it's
0: you know, yeah you're you absolutely right. you that way exactly and, and 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 granted some people you know you have to live day to day right just based off your circumstance right you're you're um all right i'm making a decision what am i going to do how am i going to make it here and in, in, in this, this afternoon how am i going to do this how am i gonna do that like everything is so present in your life but you, your decision. You, you hope and you pray that as you're making these decisions, it's open you up so that you can your horizon can broaden, right? So now it's like, okay, yeah, I may be in crunch time now. I may be looking at this every single uh, planet for today or tomorrow. But as I'm growing, as I'm learning, as I'm applying, as I'm working, I'm, my horizon starting to stretch. Where so now, now I can think about next year. Now I can think about five years from now. Wait, you know what? I can make a decision today that's going to impact me. 20 years because one i have experienced like, like okay let me let me not let me not lead it right so what what type of qualities or decision making or i don't even know the right say or mindset do people have to be in to be able to transition from that daily planning thinking to that more futuristic thinking like what would you what would you say in, in regards to that
1: I mean, it's maybe not directly here, but I think it, it applies to almost everything. I think curiosity is the most important quality when it comes to gathering information, uh, putting together a plan, and then, you know, envisioning a future, right? Like having that curiosity to learn about different things, different aspects, like figuring out things that, you know, you didn't even know were possible, uh, you know, yesterday, now, you know, it is a possibility. So it's in your plan, it's in your dream, it's in your vision, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a... I mean, I don't know. You have always got to keep figuring out what's out there. What's next? What's, you know, what's, what's the, the thing, what's the new yeah. thing that's worth it? What's the new thing that's not worth it, but it yeah. comes from curiosity. Right. I mean, you know, I think like looking at, I mean, n- nothing you want is on your sofa, right? So you got to get out there and, and, you know, get a sense of the world, get a sense of what's out there. Yeah. Um, but I think like doing that, I, I, I don't know, I guess like having an idea of what you want, and when you expect to have it or when you want to have it, or what, I mean, that's a big part of, I guess, knowing what you want is what time frame it's going to be. I guess if you can understand where you want to wind up, that makes it easier to make decisions now, you know, like having an idea of where you want to be and then making sure that you're thinking about that while you're making decisions now maybe helps. Um, but again, you know, you, you sometimes you do have to think about the short term. I mean, building companies, building, you know, I. I I've had to think about the short term instead of the right thing way too many times, but like, that's the reality of it. Like you got to move, you got to keep things moving. Yeah. No,
0: as you said that, you're talking about building companies. Um, you started and founded a startup during one of the most, you know, I I would say, you know, life changing events for all of us that are alive today. I don't think anything can, can face that. Um, you know, talk about being able to be in a position to to do that, right? And what what gave you that that thought of, hey, let me go and you know start my own startup, or just to add add more to it? Wasn't even a thought that maybe it was just timing that COVID happened when you was already in motion to do this. Right. <laughs> COVID definitely happened, when it was already in motion. <laughs> uh,
1: it, it was wild, but but again, you know, I I think you know not to to you know be all like sunshine and and Skittles about things, but there's a lot of things about the pandemic that I think were really beneficial to me, you know, as I was starting this company and scaling this company and building, you know, this company, it made it a lot lot easier to stay focused. It made it a lot easier to to kind of, you know, be, you know, present in what I was doing, right? And you find, I mean, it was almost like my escape, going to the office every day. Like, you know, I was going to the office pretty much every day during the pandemic, The building was completely empty. I'm walking around barefoot. Like it was, (laughs) it was, it was like some I am legend stuff for sure. But it was, uh, it it was, it was wild. Uh, You know, but it it allowed you to focus on things and look at stuff. And also, um, more of our lives shifted online. Uh, I I never really thought of myself as like a gregarious person, but like Mm. I just found myself so, I guess. Bored and isolated, that I wound up having all these conversations with our early customers. I mean, like I was just like calling them out of the blue, like, "Hey, so what's going on?" <laughs> and they're, they're on the other side of it too. They're probably bored too. They're like, "Oh, yeah. you know." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it got a chance. It gave me a chance to really get to know, you know, my customer and get to know, you know, the people that we're working with and and what what their worlds look like and how we can help and you know, really understand what that, that means. Uh, and that's been the greatest, you know, honor of my life to work side by side with, you know, these customers, these parents, as they plan the future for their, ch- their children. I guess a little primer at this point, the, the product that we had launched uh, was a shareable college savings fund. Uh, so basically the, the premise of this is that uh, today's young parents, uh, their financial picture looks very different than it did a generation ago. They're paying off student loans. They're trying to hit their employer's match maybe save for a down payment on a house. There really isn't much left in the budget to invest in, a, in a child, their child's college savings fund. So you kind of miss out on the compounding growth and returns uh, of a 529 college savings fund. So our plan was, hey, we're gonna make this easy for those parents to set up this plan. And then we're gonna make it really easy for them to get their friends and family to contribute. Uh, and so we just launched this product as quickly as we could, mostly for my friends and and you know who were having kids at that time. and. You know, we started scaling it out there and and getting it in front of people and we had this crazy adoption. People were signing up for these plans, getting them. They were inviting their friends and family to contribute during the pandemic. I think more and more gifts were going online instead of, you know, like physical gifts online. So that was a huge boon for us. yeah, it, it was wild. And like, you start looking at the numbers, the average 529 plan has less than 1% of all deposits being gifted And our plans. That number is closer to 60%. So you're talking about parents that never would have had this plan with dollars in it that never would have been there compounding and growing over time, ensuring that those kids, when they graduate college, they'll graduate better than our generation did with less yep. debt or free to pursue what they want to do. And I mean, What's better than that? You
2: know? Yeah.
1: A hundred percent. It it just got us going. It's
2: like, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent because I'll tell you a leg up, you know, I'm military. So I did all my college. I have my MBA, but I done all my college in the military. So the military paid for my college. My wife, she, she's a basketball player basketball star I'll say it under my breath right sure so it is. <laughs> she, she she got a she got a chance she got a chance to go to college for free right D1 um, e, um ECU went to ECU for free and and, and play ball there played ball overseas and stuff like that so we we together we have no college debt however some of my other friends they're doing great like financially me. But the-
0: <laughs> yeah, talking about me, Wes. Hey, Wesley. I-, <laughs> I said to some of
2: my other friends. I didn't name no name, Ricky. <laughs> I
0: didn't say anything. You're talking about me, Wes. Yeah, like, man.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. They, 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 are doing great for themselves, but they still have that that the Grim Reaper of that college debt is still on their head, yeah. and well, that be is.
1: I mean, it's 43 million Americans with 1.75 trillion in student debt. I mean, it's Ricky, Ricky, you're, you're in good company. There's a lot of us out. (laughs) (laughs)
2: So, so the early plan, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell this. If you are listening to this and you're just like, you're like, oh man, I love the story. This is the part that you stop. And we usually do this at the end, but I would like, for you to even go more in depth, tell us what's the name of the product, where they can find it, everything. Before I know we're gonna do that at the end, Ricky, but I just feel compelled, like oh, right no, here. no, you do it right now. Let, yeah. let, let, let's yeah. rock it out because a lot of the. I think this will help a lot of parents. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so, so that product is called scholar Rays. You can find us at Scholarays dot com. Um, but that was the the first product. That was kind of the catalyst of getting to understand and and you know 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 these parents and really understand this larger subset i mean we're saying like how it's different for young parents today well you know what it's different for young investors today you know when you look at at, at how how you know wages have remained rel- relatively static uh in the mm-hmm. face of, of you know uh, healthcare childcare uh education living expenses food energy all of these things have outpaced you know, all the things you need to be middle-class, right? All these things like have just dramatically outpaced, uh, wages. Um, and when you look at this, it doesn't really square, right? Cause like productivity has continued on its upward March, but wages have not kept pace with that productivity. So that money is recapitalizing somewhere. Um, it's probably the United States equities market. So we, we were trying to like understand how we can help more in this space, help this unique, you know, this unique audience. And one of the things that was continually cropping up as we were having these conversations during the pandemic uh, was, you know, talking about like how their parents, you know, they would save $20,000, something like that. They would go to the bank and the bank would give them a note for half a million. They buy a house for half a million, you know, 30 years later, that house is worth 1.5 and they have this incredible nest egg or it's 200,000. And now it's worth 800,000. It was just basically this unbelievable exposure uh to a large asset that appreciates over time and, you know yeah. and you the added benefit of not having to deal with rent and so on and so right. forth because was where you live uh well increasingly that's less and less likely for this generation as they move to cities yeah. where real estate has become so expensive you now have mortgage rates going up um, which means it effectively increases that um that note which means that you're having to buy a less expensive house, which means that house doesn't exist anymore. And it's just kind of this really, really rough situation where that accidental accretion of of equity and wealth is no longer happening for this generation. Uh, So we're building a product where we're basically producing that same sort of wealth creation, but instead of using a house for real estate, we're using the United States equities market. So we are doing for stock ownership what the mortgage Mm. did for ownership. And it's really okay. just a way to turbocharge these compounding returns for this young investor early in their their wealth creation journey. I,
2: li- I like it. So now this is this. So I'm going to I'm going to be on this side. I'm not I'm not knocking your product. I'm not saying anything bad about your product. I'm 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 showing the people. So when if they're like, uh, uh when they hear you explain and answer the questions that I'm going to present, they'll be like, OK, let me call Wes tomorrow. Because uh, I need him, right? <laughs> so, what you see is a lot of um, uh, uh, uh um, a lot of a lot of um, what, what hedge funds steered away from? Really, uh, some of them even steered away from going to the market, and they steered to the housing market because and building out a whole comp, um complexes, developments, and everything like that. How are you using the equities within that within the stock? to be able to come up with a a, a, a a great yield so that we'll know that that person's money can can, can multiply whatever X at whatever time they need it.
1: Uh, so first of all, that's wild about these these hedge funds going out there buying all these properties. Yeah. It's in a lot of ways kind of a, a really big reason why homes become so uh, unaffordable. Yep. And they were saying in 2022, one out of every three homes sold in the state of Texas were purchased by... Uh, an investment firm, single-family homes right? purchased by an Correct. investment. Firm. So that's one out of three homes that you can no longer purchase or rent uh, from an individual or whatever. It, it's just yeah. it's absolute insanity. We're we're producing this world in which you will own nothing and you will like it because they tell you you will. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a rough situation. Um, the 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 investing principle or hypothesis that we base uh, our investing journey on is we basically buy the entire United States equities market. So we don't pick and choose different stocks. Uh, and so when you look at that over, you know, the, the you know, vast time horizon, uh, you're looking at like 10%, uh, you know, in aggregate, 10% uh, returns every year on the S and P 500. So that's the benchmark that we're using. That's what we invest in. But the difference here is that you get that compounding return of a large initial position from day one. Um, so the, kind of those returns are, are, are basically catapulted through. Um, but, you know, some of those firms that are tied to, to real estate, you know, but that, that's the idea is that we're industry agnostic, we're, you know, uh, sector agnostic. So we're not trying to plan as to whether or not, you know, residential real estate is going to take a dive while commercial is going to go up. Uh, we don't have any such hypotheses or theories about where the market is going except we believe that it's going to be here and in a larger way in 20 years than it is today um so we're, we're very boring investors we don't you know we don't do anything with crypto we don't you know we don't have a hot new tip that we heard this at the country <laughs> club uh, you know, it's just that it, it's just it's really boring stuff but you know what it, it it's the boring stuff that like needs to be at, at the base of your investing journey you know i think kind of having these things organized and having them at the base of your portfolio is a really healthy place to be uh if you want to start getting risky about things you know on top of that that's a great way to learn yeah. you know if you want to learn about, about cryptocurrencies really you got to get into them um just maybe don't do it with 80 percent of your 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 investable yeah. powder you know maybe maybe do it with like two percent you know learn learn the thing and you know and go you have it. the exposure maybe it pans out maybe it doesn't but yeah. uh yeah I, I mean this is meant to be a really boring long-term investment product um so you're not going to see massive swings you're not going to see crazy things it's just the structure of it and again getting back to The hypothesis of of the 1970s, when productivity continued to grow up, but wages remained static, uh, that increase of value was being transmitted somewhere. And it was being transmitted to those that owned uh, shares in this company, the people that owned the company. And so what we were looking to do is make more people owners and more companies in a more meaningful way. This system is so primed and it's so powerful to deliver and transmit value from, you know, from, from, the outputs of these firms to the owners of these firms. You can't change that. Too many people are invested in it. It's too powerful. What we're trying to do is get more people there, get more people into this table, take advantage of this, you know, this wealth-creating tool. Uh, and, and so it's just the way that it's structured. You know, Everything from the way that you pay taxes on your wages versus taxes on your investment income, it's all benefited towards this. Uh, we're just making more people uh, involved in this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's very, it's very true. You know, I've done, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of, or done research and it said, if you were, um, investing, of course, 2008 is on as anomaly. Um, when, 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 when we took that hit, but if you're just investing in the Dow and the S and P 500 over 20 years, you're guaranteed to get that 10% guaranteed to get that 10% return.
1: I mean, in um, aggregate, historically, it's been there, right? But yeah, I mean, it, it, and it's factoring in, it's factoring in those rough years like 08, 09, But you know, it's also like those boom years where you know it was rebounding, correct. or you know, it's, it's factoring in that bounce that happened when COVID. Mean, the bottom fell out of the market in, in like three yeah. weeks during COVID, and then it, it was this unbelievable market back to shot right back up. North yeah. North.
2: yeah, well, quantitative, so, quant, right. quant, the the, the Fed Reserve understood what they needed to do in terms of quantitative easing. <laughs> To make sure that it, it went back up. So, but, 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 uh, one thing I wanted to, so how do you combat when somebody walks into your office? I'm, I I, I have my, I have my family. My wife is dressing her sundress dress and she's looking all sweet. And I'm like, babe, today we're going down and and we're going to have Wes talk to us and he's going to have us invest. But before, while we're in the car, we heard Dave Ramsey say, pay off everything. And, uh, <laughs> Do it right now, and that's how you get financially free. And then, when you sit down in front of you, the wife is saying, "Well, he's talking about twenty years, babe." And I just heard this guy talk about we could get financially free in in a year if we just pay off everything, pay off everything, pay off everything. How do you combat that, or what do you? Uh, how how do you wh- what do you do in order to help that family understand where they are and how they're supposed to get to where they're supposed to be financial freedom?
1: So, I mean, you, you gotta look at it and say like everything, everything has a cost, right? There's an opportunity cost, there's uh, there's a real cost, right? So that, uh, that note on your car has an interest rate. that interest rate is something that you're paying for not paying that off, right? There's a note on your house, that interest rate is something you're paying for not paying it off, right? And so you can rush to pay all of these things down uh, and you'll be out of debt. And I think we can all agree that's a much better place to be than being in debt. But you also have to look at it in the the greater sense of the opportunity cost, right? We were mentioning that for something like the S and P five hundred, it's an average of a ten percent return every year. Now, of course, good years, bad years, but in aggregate, that's a good rule of thumb. So, if you look at it and say, okay, my 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 mortgage has I don't know three point nine on it, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe letting that money sit there and cost you three point nine. Well, you can put other money into the market that's yielding something like 9% or 10%. The spread right. is the difference. And it's looking at the idea of, of trying to get to zero uh, or trying to get you know beyond, right? Like get yeah. get past the space. Like yeah, it's just it's something you have to look at. And, and again, it's it's a very personal thing. It's what you're comfortable yes. with. Some people they some people cannot, you know, they cannot relax or, or sleep if they're in debt. Um, but also like frequently I <laughs> think staying in touch with that and and if that is really important to you when you get out of debt then make sure that you know you don't get back into debt it's like like like, like debt can be a really positive thing for somebody that can tolerate or deal with it well or has a correct but but for other people like if it's keeping you up at night when you have normal like healthy debt like if you have like a car loan and that's bothering you right or you wish you could pay your mortgage off faster and that's bothering you when you do pay these things down don't buy a new car, you know, don't, yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't buy, understand that about yourself. And then, and then, yeah. you know, maybe just invest. And, and I think that's maybe a, a I don't know. I, I think it's, yeah, I, I think buying new things is not always a great, I know it feels good in the short term, but it,
2: we are with you. Buy, we buy are car, with buy, you.
1: My car is 11 years old and I love it. I love it. Like there isn't a car out there that I want instead of my car. Like I just, I love it, and yeah. I don't know. I haven't had to pay. I've I had to pay. I don't know how long it's been paid off. It's been paid off for a long time.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and but Wes, why does the car? Have, this this is what Rick R- Rick and I are always talking about, and we talk. People are wise. Probably think. We're, we're 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 cheating on them with each other because we talk to each <laughs> we other talk more to more. <laughs> <laughs> like we really have a morning call when i'm driving up if ricky doesn't call me in the morning or i don't call i, I don't know if he feels this way we're gonna yeah, find I was out like tonight. man i haven't talked if, to if, him forever <laughs> yeah yeah if Ricky don't call me in the morning when i'm driving up to work i'm like okay all right all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have some words with him. But uh, <laughs> but Rick and I feel like, why does a car define you? Like, why if I'm driving a 1991 Honda Accord and it works, do you think that I'm not successful just because I'm in right. a 1991 Honda Accord? But I can afford, like you said, I can afford to do other things. Why do you think people... That, that mindset is, what 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 do you think drives that? I
1: mean, I, I think it maybe stems from you know the 1950s. We're very much a car culture. I think that kind of persists. But I think more recently, I think we're less of a car culture. But we still look at cars as a status symbol, along with everything else. Yeah. Uh, we we've created this this consumer. I mean, we've always been a consumer based economy, but it's really really become well, more up, efficient. Yeah. You know, you look at like the algorithms on social, um, it, it's just, it's incredible. Like the, the influencer lifestyle, you see all these different things and it's like, you have a greater sense of what is out there, meaning you have mm-hmm. a greater sense of where- What you don't have. What you don't have. Um, yeah. But, you know, also the same sense, like like looking at what you, you have that is what you don't have and then the benefits of it, right? Like yeah, yeah. The of not having a car note, like- <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. And, and you, you look at it and, and say, I mean, again, here's the creativity, like envisioning yourself and, and trying to really put yourself in that position of what it would feel like to buy and have that new car six months down the line when you're making that, that payment versus the car that you currently are driving, which maybe is less exciting, but like doesn't do that. So I think having that, that ability to envision that and really get a sense of, of what's going to make you happy yeah. Um, instead yeah. of just kind of what's what's you know what's look sharp and shiny right now yeah. um and again, it's that long-term thinking but you know we're, we're we're really bad at this i think we're really really bad really? at long-term thinking we're really bad at you know i mean i mean like even like compounding returns that's the basis of of our new products everyone understands compounding returns but you have to visualize it to really actually understand what i'm like you get it your money makes money the but rule
2: of 72 but you but don't want to do it
1: you don't really like get like how it moves you know like it, I, it's wild stuff but yeah i think like you know having that, that creativity to envision yourself these different scenarios if you make these different choices and then try and figure out you know i don't know sometimes doing sometimes doing nothing is, is the really fun and cool choice
0: yeah Man, I, I love this West, man. This has been, this has been a great conversation. Um, Marlon and I, we talk about these aspects of life all the time. And sometimes I think we so you might overanalyze and try to figure out why people are doing this or not doing that. And um, which is, is another whole study in itself and conversation. Um, but I, I love the aspects and what you really touched on today. And the thing that resonates with me and I hope it resonates with our travelers today is just that, uh, the long-term planning, you know, looking ahead, like what, what do I, what do I want? What decisions am I making today? That's going to impact me in the future. And how do I get myself in a position to where I can look, uh, for a forecast, right. Forecast for my life. Um, that really resonated. And before we go, I I really want you to make sure that you, um, restate the, the products that you, that you have, uh, just in case someone did not rewind it or write it down when you said it the first time. Uh, and then also where people can can find you um, and all the different materials and things or or or, or our consultation, whatever it may be, um, that people can go ahead and uh, secure those services. So I'll let you do that now, then we'll close it out.
1: Sure, yeah. So our college savings product, you can find it at scholarraise.com. Um, that's S-C-H-O-L-A-R-R-A-I-S-E.com. Uh, So it's two R's there in the middle. Uh, (laughs) uh, That's our college savings app. Um, We're working on a high yield savings app. And then you can join the wait list for our Raise Financial product. That's the Raise Investment product that we're mentioning, which is doing for stock ownership with the home mortgage for home ownership. Uh, You can join that wait list or learn more about the product and us as a company uh, at RaiseFinancial.com. My email address is Wesley, W-E-S-L-E-Y at RaiseFinancial.com. Always, always excited to, to get emails from new people and, and understand more about people's journey and how I can help. Uh, our Instagram handle is financial. Uh, we usually have great stuff going on there. Um, sometimes you can see what we're doing at the office. Uh, other times we provide value as far as, you know, different perspectives or things that you should be looking at to plan for your financial future. Um, that's a great resource. We have a lot of fun there. Um, those are probably the main ways, the best ways, yeah. Love it.
0: And the last thing I'll ask you here, sometime we get a chance to ask our guests and it'll be our last question for you today. Uh, if you could take, go back to a point in life, um, I would say, you know what, and just, just out of curiosity how you would respond to this, um, the 16 year old that went off on his own and, you know, made that first payment of rent, right. Uh, in cash. Uh, if you had like 60 seconds to go back and talk to that Wesley back then, um, Knowing what you know now, what, what would you say to him? I'd probably say it's it,
1: you know it's gonna be all right. Yeah, <laughs> maybe like it'd be a little less angry. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> also, don't beat me up because I, I think sixteen year old me would probably. What <laughs> uh, <laughs> was this old man trying to tell me something? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but that, that's probably where we go you know it's gonna be all right like just kind of you know I think my superpower was always kind of just moving forward and just moving and moving and just kind of I never quit you know I never wanted to quit but I think it was maybe I mean that's think a lot of it was survival based or just trying to figure out like the short term and the near term a lot less it was about planning um I mean planning for a future that's yeah, it just it wasn't really something I was focused on. Um, but I think it's kind of, yeah, I was just, it's all right, man.
0: <laughs> just hanging hey. in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, um, Travelers, man, we, we are coming to the end of another show, man. And like always, we really just appreciate uh, Wesley for coming and spending some time with us today and just sharing his story. Man, I, we got a lot. I mean, there's so much more conversation to be had. Uh, even around what we talked about here. But want you guys take a moment, go go to his website, go to his social media, go check out the the products that he has here. Um, if you're not in a position to do it or you not need and you're listening to this, I, I guarantee you there's like five people in your phone right now that definitely need uh, to hear this episode. So I want you to share this with them so they can hear it and they can put themselves uh, on a better track. But we're going to let you guys go today and let you guys know that we will be here again next week at the same time on the same place on that Success Journey show. Everyone have a good one. Peace. One right, well, love.
2: You've been listening to the Success Journey show where your dreams, drive,
0: determination, and diligence are the foundation to success. For more information, check out the
1: com.
0: The Journey Squad is here
2: helping you to your destination.